This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. put a frog into a bowl of water, a pot of water, you just leave them there and you just put up the volume, uh, raise up the temperature on the stove. It won't have enough. It gets so accustomed to its atmosphere, its temperature in that uh, pot of water that it continues, even when it boils, to the point where it boils to death. And it's dangerous when we take things that we consider things the norm. And we continue to reject God to live in that life. In our culture, there are sinful things which we all pretend aren't so bad. Today, Pastor Eddie warns us that sin is sin, and that as Christians, we must be careful not to diminish the validity of that fact. Judgment is coming for us all, and as such, we must do our best to acknowledge sin, so that it won't be a thing that pulls us away from God. We must also try and protect friends and families from sin, share with them God's Word so that they might know. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie as he continues his message. The Lord is patient and long-suffering towards us, not willing that we should perish. Because the Lord knows, first of all, he loves us, that he has given us and gives us the patience. He is long-suffering. And because he's long-suffering, he, with his love, he wants to be with us so badly that he went to the cross. That's his love. And he's going to have patience because he wants to be with us. He wants to be with man. And is his patient. However, there is a point where God will give them up and let them go. And what did God give them up to? Let us continue to read that verse. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanliness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. The Lord gave them up to dishonor their own bodies. How? In the lust of their heart. And how is that? Sexual immorality. And that is sex outside marriage. We live in a culture, we live in a world where it is totally acceptable to the point where we're so immune to it. And it's sad. I don't know if you ever heard of the study with the frog in a pot of water. You put a frog in a pot of water, this is scientifically, not that I've done it, so I don't want no animal rights against me or anything. I've never done this. Maybe dissect a frog when I was in high school. But if you put a frog into a bowl of water, a pot of water, you just leave them there and you just put up the volume, uh, raise up the temperature on the stove. It won't have enough. It gets so accustomed to its atmosphere, its temperature in that uh, uh, the pot of water that it continues, even when it boils, to the point where it boils to death. And it's dangerous when we take things that we consider things the norm. And we continue to reject God to live in that life. 
Sex within a marriage is a holy gift from God. That even couples today who are married consider it, oh, it's embarrassing. No, it's beautiful. It's, God has created that between a man and a woman. But sex outside of marriage dishonors the body and it is a sin before God. And so we have adopted this so much that those who save themselves for marriage are considered crazy or squares, you know, or not cool. Then we wonder why there are so many, so many who are destroyed emotionally, broken families, children without fathers, because they never made the commitment. That piece of paper, oh, it's just a piece of paper. But you mean to tell me, you're holding your complete commitment because of a piece of paper? A piece of paper is holding you for being totally committed to your spouse. And now we have children without, without fathers because they figured the paper didn't hold me back. And then we have all kinds of disease. This is the, the repercussions of one living in that life or world living in that life. As believers in Christ, we are to keep our lives, uh, our bodies pure before God. 1 Corinthians, and there are many, but we're not going to stay here. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13 says, Food uh, for the stomach and stomach for the food, but God will destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for God and the Lord for the body. Your body is a living temple. God dwells in your heart. How can we live in that life? Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanliness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, verse 25, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie. Not a lie, but the original lie. And what is that lie, that particular specific lie that is inspired by uh, Paul, was inspired by the Holy Spirit that he writes here. And it goes back to the Garden of Eden in chapter 3 when Satan tells uh, the serpent, talks to Eve and says, for God knows that in that day if you eat of their eyes will be open and you will be like God. That is the lie. That is the lie which essentially is idolatry, which puts, puts us in a place of God. And it is the lie. Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. The truth of God is revealed through his creation, through his creatures. However, man has chosen to worship the creature rather than the creator. And just like the Egyptians, they worship creatures. All their gods were creatures. When God judged them, God judged them against their gods. All ten plagues was about their gods. All the gods they worship. And so man has got to the point where now they are worshiping the creature, the birds, the four-footed animals and creeping things. I love what Chuck Smith said once. If you tell your kids they came from animals, don't be surprised if they start acting like them. And it's the truth. This is the reason why so many uh, our culture and our, and our people are, are so destroyed. We don't know where we came from or where we're going. That's what's taught in the schools. 
But thanks be to Jesus, we have the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And that is the truth, Jesus Christ himself. Because Jesus, in his word, gives us the beginning. And he tells us even why he created us, because he loves us. And he gives us the end. And he tells us why he gives us the end, because he loves us too. And it's all through the scriptures. You know, it's sad that someone had forwarded me years ago um, a YouTube video, and it's still there. If you want to go home, uh, look at it. It's a group who worship trees, and it's called Extreme Tree Huggers. Yeah, you know, it is crazy. It really is. And it's, it's, it's funny, but I say that lightly because it is sad. You know, they even had people make videos mocking it, people acting like them foolishly because it is foolish. But this is what we have come to. They're hugging around tree stumps and crying and crying out and talking to the dead trees and apologizing to them and saying that we love you and having little drums and worshiping. The way we worship and lift up our hands and close our eyes and meditate, that's what they're doing around a tree stump. And it's sad. And it is a lot of people. Now, let me tell you this. I love nature. I love God's creation. It always blows my mind. I never, ever, ever get tired of it. And I know you too, because it was, it was never designed for us to be tired of it. Never. That's why you never get tired of looking at creation. You never get tired of looking things in the stars and, and the moon. And, and just this past week, we look at the supermoon. Everybody was looking at that. I missed it. But anyway... We never get tired of it because it is so amazing. And I appreciate it, but I don't worship it. It all points to God. I see the fingerprints of God. I don't worship the creation or the creatures. I worship the creator. He created it. Worshiping the creature, and the, you know, rather than God, it's just, you know, just it's, it's, as if they, you know, someone paint the portrait of my beautiful wife. And when I get home, I just pass by her and just hug her picture. Does it make sense? You know? You, uh, it's right there, the real thing. I mean, she pushes me off, kicks me, because I... But, no, she doesn't. She, she puts up with me. Pray for her. Anyway. <laughs> you know, you can tell a person what they worship by looking at them. By examining their lives, you can know what they worship. Because one becomes what they worship. Man can't be a God, but man could be in the likeness of God through his son, Jesus Christ. Man is trying so hard to be like God. And that came straight from Satan himself. Remember when he was an angel before he became a fallen angel? He said, I want to be like the most high God that demonic spirit came, and now man wants to be like God. And he tries to push it in the Garden of Eden there with Eve. Say, listen, you could be like God. Yeah, I was trying to, but you could be like God. And it's sad. When God is saying, listen, I created out of my image. You're a part of me, and, and, and I'm a part of you. But because of sin, you know, we could still, I still made a way where we get together. We could be like you know, the Lord said, I may be with you, and they may be with us, and we're going to be one. And so God made a way. And I think that's far better, because there is no God like our God, to be in the likeness of him. 
We're to worship the creator who is, Paul says, bless forever. Amen. A doxology, meaning that God is worthy of limitless adoration and worship. And that's what we do here. Please do not take the worship in this house as an opening act for the study of the word. When you come in, we come in and we worship God. It may not be your style. It may not be the songs you like. It may not be in the key. It may not be in the beat or the rhythm. But we are to worship God, not worship worship. And this is adoration, the creator who is blessed forevermore. And Paul writes this doxology saying that God is worthy. And so Paul says, he is blessed forever. Amen. Now, verse 24 deals with heterosexual sin. Now, here, verse 26 is going to deal with sins of homosexuality. Now, I am not going to be politically correct. I'm not going to be rude, but I'm not going to be politically correct. And some may take that as rude. Some take that as discrimination. Take it as you will. But I'm just going to teach the word. I'm not going to be uh, uh, politically correct. I'm going to be biblically correct. And we're going to look at it right here in Scripture. This is what's in the Word of God. And this is the reason why we study it verse by verse, looking at the very words that we're studying. So you know this is not what I think. This is not what you think. This is not what politicians think. This is not what the President of the United States thinks. This is not what the whole world thinks. But this is exactly what God thinks. Verse 24. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. Vile in the Greek is atamia which is dishonorable, disgraceful, shameful. And so it is vile passion. So it is a a shameful passion, disgraceful passion. The word passion in the Greek is pathos. So it is shameful passion, disgraceful passion. It says, for even their women exchange the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of the errors which was due. In verse 24, we look at heterosexuals, heterosexual, uh, heterosexual sin, that is, heterosexual sin, that is sex outside of marriage, it's against God, but it's not against nature. We see nature mentioned here twice in 26 to 27. The human body has been designed and created by God. For man to have sexual relationship with a woman and a woman to have sexual relationship with a man, that's the way it's been designed. So heterosexual sin, sin against God. Homosexuality is not only sin against God, but it's sin against nature. It's against everything in nature. It's against the design of the body. It's not the way God designed it. And people will say, well, you know, well, they love each other. Not everything you love is good for you. In every sense of the word. Trust me, I love cheeseburgers. I can't have too much of that. But not everything you love is good for you. And you yourselves would probably know that even we see that in a heterosexual couple where you know people, 
they should, why are they together? It's not going to work. Not that we want to speak negative. You know, if they love that, you know, you leave it alone. But we see, wait a minute. Yeah, man, for each other. Yeah, I knew it. They broke up. And people say, well, they love each other. Not everything love is good for you. But where do we draw the line? When we go against God, it doesn't stop there because you have in-law. You have family, marrying family, have a relationship with family. You have, and it's sad to say, it's not in the news as much, but you've probably seen it where their parents with their children, children with their parents, brothers and sisters. Where does it stop? It wasn't designed that way. That's not the way God designed it. It's a sin. It's vile passion. Leviticus 18, verse 22. You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. This is Old Testament. Now, Paul is writing. Remember, he's writing to several groups in God's courtroom. Uh, he did, this here, this is something that he's not going to mention with the, the Jews when he gets to the Jews, the people of the covenant. Remember, there's going to be several people in the witness stand. The reason why, because they already know this law. The children of the covenant, they already knew this law. Paul writes to the church of Corinth. Now, there's many, but I'm not going to stay too long here. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 to 10. Do you not know that the unrighteousness would not inherit the kingdom of God? But I love what he says here. He says, do not be deceived. Many have in the church. Many have watered down the scriptures of God just to tickle the ears of the people, just to be friends with the world, and just to, uh, you know, be politically correct. You as believers in Jesus Christ, and we're going to get to those that don't practice those things, but in the, think, think there's nothing wrong. We're going to get to you in a little bit. Do you not know that the righteousness will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkard, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Is included in sin. Now, the original text, I don't know what translation you have in your laps this morning, but in the original text, the words men and women, uh, it does not use men and women. In the original text, is used male and female. And why is that? Because God doesn't use human terminology when he's describing the sin of homosexuality. He's using it male or female because he sees it as unnatural. It was not the way he designed and created us. It's not the way. Every animal in the animal kingdom remains the same when it comes to sexual relationships. Every animal in the animal kingdom, when it comes to birth, they give birth to their chicks, to their pups. But we as a people, we destroy our children in abortion. This is what, how man has come to because they wanted to be like God where they could live their life the way they want to and God gave them up. God gave them up. However, man has gone against God, against nature in their lusts for one another. Now, God in his word does not, this is very important for the church today because the church today 
I personally don't believe that has not done a great job in sharing the gospel alone, regardless of what the person's lifestyle and who the person is. But we have not done a great job in ministering and sharing the gospel to everyone, including the homosexual community. That's the first thing we want to target. We want to clean the fish before catching them. And it's sad. God in his word does not describe homosexuality as the greater sin above all other sins. There's nowhere in scripture in that. You cannot find that in scripture. Somehow, people are, uh, are bothered by it to the point where they want to bring condemnation. And the church is wrong in that. I had people come to me. You know, we have so many outreaches in our community when something takes place. And when they're having a parade or something, hey, what are we going to do? <laughs> Go home and, and, and you, know, you know, grill a burger. What do you mean we're going to do? We're going to live our lives normal. We're not going to tally up and create a crusade to go and go against their parade. We're not for it. But what happened to all the 364 days of the year? What are you doing? You want to do it when they're all together? (laughs) Live your life. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ. All sins, lying, stealing, adultery, covetousness, all sins against God. Homosexuality is just one of the many. But here's the good news. The good news is this. God's love, God's mercy, God's grace, and his forgiveness is just as available to the homosexual, the heterosexual, as it is for all of us, every man and woman who are in sin or has been in sin is available forgiveness. I had a co-worker who once told me, uh, you know, you know the Bible, you go to church, right? I said, yeah. Uh, he says, well, homosexuality is yes. Is it a sin? And that was the first question. And I said, yes. Just like when a man commits adultery against his wife and has an affair. What's the difference? Little did I know later on that he was having an affair. What's the difference? There is no difference. Or if a woman has an affair with another man against her husband. There's no difference. We're all going to stand before God. And somehow, you know, the flavor of the month or the century, we want to harpoon on it and start bringing condemnation instead of the love of Christ. And that's what the church should do is bring the love of Christ. Remember, all have sinned, all fall short of the glory of God. And God also promises the strength for victory over all sins to all those who believe in Christ for their salvation. Verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Debased mind, the deprived mind. Remember, Paul is talking to the deprived Gentile, deprived society. And that is, what is a debased mind? That is spiritually, is one to be spiritually insane. Pastor Eddie Pinero has been digging into the book of Romans with us here on Running the Race. We hope you've been encouraged by what you've heard today and that you're eager to learn more about Jesus. If you'd like to listen to more messages by Eddie, visit our website at runningtheraceradio.com. There you'll also find a link to our podcast where you can subscribe to receive up-to-date messages each time they're available. 
If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, why not come be a part of our weekly worship service? We gather each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and again on Wednesday at 7 p.m. for Bible study, worship, and getting to know each other better. Find more information at runningtheraceradio.com. Right now, Tracy has some information about how you can be a part of the ministry here at Running the Race. Radio programs like Running the Race are wonderful tools that God uses to advance His kingdom here on earth. And as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. Today's broadcast was professionally produced, and God has given us a vision to see Running the Race expand throughout the tri-state area. Would you prayerfully consider financially supporting Running the Race? Log on to runningtheraceradio.com and simply click on the Give option to help us continue to grow. Thanks, Tracy. There's much more to learn from the Book of Romans on the next edition of Running the Race.